Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today's interview is with Professor Simon Burgess, who is Director of CMPO. Simon's just published a paper called Do Teachers Matter? And that's what we're going to talk about. Simon, the question you've been looking at is trying to analyse whether individual teachers can make a real difference to the results of the pupils they teach. That's right. We're trying to look at whether being taught by uh, a good teacher uh, versus being taught by a, a less good teacher actually makes a difference to GCSE scores, to, to kids' um, outcomes in tests. And how, how do you go about doing that? It, it's very difficult, actually, because you have to think about the uh, innate ability of the kids as well as the teacher. And the biggest problem that, that as researchers, we, we uh, struggle with is trying to sort out the ability of the teacher from the ability of the kids that are assigned to the particular teacher. So you may see a teacher um, producing good scores for the children that he or she teaches, but that may simply be because um, they've been assigned very uh, hard-working pupils. So we have to actually go into schools and collect data from schools themselves, which give us the class lists that tell us which teachers taught which kids. And we have um, matched to that the scores of the children before they're taught by these teachers uh, and the scores at the end. And we, have, we see each child taught by at least three different teachers for English, maths and science. So then essentially we can compare how well the same child does across these three subjects with different teachers. And that gives us a handle on how good the teachers are. And you're looking a bit at over how long a period? I mean, what sort of numbers of students are you looking at? So, that, so we're looking at students uh, over a two-year period from their Key Stage 3 test at age 14 through to their GCSE test at age 16. And obviously the GCSE exams are extremely important uh, in this country. They are what determine whether you can stay on to do A-levels and then possibly go to university. And they're also very important in the job market. So these are, these are high-stakes exams for the children and also for the schools. So we had the opportunity to go into a small number of schools, around 30 schools, and that gave us access to uh, around 7,000 pupils and their teachers and the, the linked data that I've just been mentioning. So what, what, what do the results show? I mean, d- does a good teacher make a difference? Oh, indeed. Uh, I think what we've shown here accords probably with a lot of people's views that... Um, I'm sure we've all had very good teachers in the past and we've probably also often had uh, very poor teachers in the, in the past who couldn't control the class, didn't know what they were teaching and it was all a disaster. I'm sure we've also all had a very charismatic teachers who inspire the pupils and pass on a great deal of information. Uh, and what we can do with this data is we can, we can quantify that difference. And what we've shown is that the difference between being taught by a good teacher and a, and a poor teacher is around just a bit less than half a GCSE point per subject per pupil. So a good teacher is a teacher at the 75th percentile of the distribution of qualities of teachers, and a poor teacher I'm defining as at the 25th percentile, so the top quarter and the bottom quarter, if you like. And the difference is around 42% of a GCSE point per pupil per subject. And obviously the teacher teaches many pupils, so that that gap is then applied to all of the pupils in the class. So what, what sort of outcome would that make for a kid? They would move them from... Well, if you, had, if you were taught for eight subjects by eight poor teachers versus eight good teachers, that's a difference of close to four GCSE points. So that might be the difference between 
getting um, 1C and 4Ds versus 5Cs. So it's a, it's a really big change. So that would make a real difference to the students' lives in terms of thinking, maybe I'll go on and study further A-levels and maybe go to university. Absolutely. It can, it, for those kids right on the threshold, it would make all the difference. So with your data, are you able to tell you know, what it is about these teachers that makes them good so, I mean, that, that, in a sense, is the million-dollar question. If we could spot a good teacher, then that, that would be a, a huge way of, of making an impact on this. But, in fact, our research and a lot of similar research in the U.S. suggests that it's very hard to identify a good teacher just from looking at their qualifications, their age, their experience, and so on. It seems that a lot of the, lot of the factors you might know about a teacher, such as whether they have a degree, what the degree is in, uh, how well they did, how much experience they have, is really not very closely related to their ability to improve the test scores of the children they're teaching. So this has some quite important implications. It suggests that we can spot teachers afterwards, once we've seen them in action, using data like this, but it's very hard to actually spot them beforehand, um, simply by looking at their, looking at their qualifications. So in terms of that, we, we have to continually assess teachers in a way if we want to measure whether they're good or bad teachers. We want to be checking up on them from time to time to, to find out whether, whether they're doing a good job. I, I think that's right. I think, I think the research suggests that the, the only way really of, of uh, trying to distinguish the good from the very good and the, the less good teachers is by looking at the data on their, the, out, the test outcomes of their children. Now, obviously, it needs to be said that teachers do many other things as well, and this is one aspect of a teacher's job, but I I think it's clearly one of the most important aspects. And so it suggests that a kind of professional review, and certainly a a very um, important professional review, perhaps two or three years into a teacher's career to see whether they actually can teach or not, um, would actually be very important. Now, there has been some talk in government circles of a classroom MOT, a kind of a, a, a giving teachers a licence to teach, which it has to be renewable periodically. Would you think that's a good idea? Well, I, I think in, in principle it is a good idea um, for the reasons that we've, that we've just been talking about. I think that this would give schools and uh, local authorities an opportunity to perhaps spot the teachers who are really weak. I don't think anyone thinks that um, this is going to be a very uh, a fine measure that you can spot the 23rd best teacher from the 24th best teacher, but we might at least be able to identify the, the really poorly performing teachers who are really messing up the lives of the children they're teaching. What, what do you think your research has to say about the, the issue of teacher training? I mean, the, are, are, we, are we perhaps approaching that in the right way in, in how, how we prepare teachers to go into schools and then how we continue their process of lifelong learning, if you like, so they continue to get better at doing the job? Well, I think, I think there's two things there. I think, I think it's clear that there's an awful lot more research to be done in terms of linking the kind of high-tech quantitative data that we have here with very close observation of what teachers actually do through um, perhaps video recording them and seeing what they do, how they do it, and trying to see if it is possible with with much more sort of fine-grained, detailed um, research what it is that good teachers do that bad teachers don't. Um, But that would clearly have to be linked to this kind of data so that we could then see the outcomes in terms of test scores. So that's one thing. The other thing is that if if it truly is, if we take the research at face value and it it truly is difficult to spot good teachers simply by looking at their CV, but it is possible to do it afterwards, then that suggests a policy of, in a sense, letting a, a, a wide range of people come into teaching and see, see if they can do it, but being very, very tight on who you allow to continue teaching. 
So you think there might be some sanctions against teachers who are, are, are performing badly in terms of their pupils' outcomes? Well, I, I would have thought that if, you know, again, the, the, the really weakest teachers uh, should not be teaching. At the very least, they should, they should go back uh, and be retrained, as, uh, trained again as teachers. Um, but I think the flip side of that is if you, if you create a profession where, in a sense, you, you lower the, the um, qualifications threshold to, to come into teaching, but then you have a very, a very strong, a very tight threshold to continue teaching, you're suddenly making it a, a riskier profession to enter. And therefore, to offset that, you need to have a much higher rate of pay for the teachers who, who make it through, um, and you, you provide a sufficient reward to overcome that, that risk of, of conceivably not making it. So we're really getting there into the issue of incentives for teachers. And, and, and one thing I'd like to talk about now in relation to is the issue of educational inequality, which is something we're all, all very concerned about. The fact that uh, the inequality that comes out of the backgrounds that people come from, and that seems to be reinforced by the school system. So we seem perhaps getting the best teachers teaching the, the kids that are most advantaged and, and the worst teachers teaching the uh, most disadvantaged kids. Well, I mean, what, what does your research suggest about how we can tackle that in terms of perhaps shifting the good teachers into the schools where the kids uh, might benefit the most? I think that's a really important point, and I think there's been so much emphasis, and, and, and rightly so, absolutely rightly so, on, on the background that children come from and the impact of that on their educational outcomes. But I think we do need to think about the schools as well, teachers and schools as well. This research suggests that teachers do matter, and that if you could manufacture a situation where you assigned uh, good teachers to children in poorer schools, you could quite dramatically increase the GCSE scores that, that they produce. So I think that the, the quality of teachers uh, has to be added to the discussion of educational inequality. It's something that um, it's not easy to, to achieve, but I think if we could bring about a situation where the, the, the best teachers, the inspirational teachers, were teaching children in the challenging schools from the difficult backgrounds, then we could really make uh, quite an impact on this, the educational inequality. Now, you mentioned the potential of perhaps offering higher pay to get a, a, a higher general quality of teachers going into the profession, but, but surely, presumably, if, if you want to get some of the best teachers going into the, the toughest schools, you need to give them some greater incentives and have sort of greater pay differentials within the profession, or perhaps some other kinds of motivation for these, these people. Uh, I, think that, I think that's right in, in, in general. Um, something has to be used to try and attract and then retain the, the best teachers in these, in these challenging schools, and there's no doubt at all that, that they are challenging to work in. Now, yeah, that could well be pay. That could well be a factor that you want to... Um, pay teachers more to work in really difficult schools or it might not it might be something else you know we're learning more and more about people's motivations people's motivations to help others and so on and it may well be that a system that encourages teachers to spend some time in difficult schools might might kind of work on their their desire to help society now uh, i think this is all new and unknown but it's certainly something to think about alongside the more traditional uh, ideas of paying them more Final question, sorry. It, it seems, seems to me that over the, over the last 20 or 30 years, the, the, the position in society that teachers have had seems to have declined. The, the public respect for teachers has declined. And it seems to me your results are really important in saying, actually, teachers really do make a difference. I think that's a really good point, actually. Yes, I think that's true. I think if um, we can help to make teaching a profession that's uh, kind of worth going into and is respected again, then that would be a, a big step forward. Simon Burgess, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.